By 2018, when she was in her late 80s, the grandma that you've come to know so well was pretty much gone. Left in her place was a sweet, agreeable, and relatively quiet person. That former acid-tongued viper still slithering around in there somewhere, but rarely seen. Others in my family seemed to be appreciative of this transition in behavior. No one wanted her to get sick or anything, not at all. But if kindness was going to be a side effect, they weren't going to look a gift horse in the mouth. Apparently that phrase is about how rude it would be if someone gave you a horse and then you immediately looked at its teeth to determine the age of it. Well, you didn't need to look at my grandmother's mouth to determine her age. Everything about the situation she was in now screamed, old. She would have truly hated it. Unlike other people in the family, I saw her newfound kindness as a huge downside. I wanted the bitch back. I, I needed her back. I'd have pulled the veneers she bought me off of my teeth at this point just to hear her tell me my teeth were ugly. It was becoming quickly apparent to me that my grandmother's nagging voice would now only exist as the negative voice in my head who reminded me of all of my faults. In the 80s, my grandma had this little dog. Her name was Melina. She was a tiny, jet-black, applehead chihuahua. She was a mean, ill-tempered little dog, so obviously my grandmother adored her. But she was also very old and had lost all of her teeth. She was just gums. But that didn't stop her from barking and lunging at you aggressively and biting you. She had no teeth, but she was still going, still biting. This is what I had always pictured my grandmother would be like in her later years. Instead, she was much more like my parents' sweet and sleepy pug, Rags. My grandmother had been so many things to me over the years. My closest friend, a pal and a confidant, a mentor, my biggest fan, my toughest critic, an Uber driver, the gift-giving equivalent of a hateful internet troll, and, on occasion, an adoring grandmother. In the late summer of 2019, now pushing 90, my grandmother got really sick. The Alzheimer's and dementia, on top of her many other ailments, were becoming too much for her to bear. Grandma had had so many health problems over the years. She was a type 1 diabetic, had lupus, osteoporosis, had overcome breast cancer, and had major heart issues. And no, not that she just didn't have one. My dad, no longer able to provide the amount of care my grandmother needed, had made the tough decision to move her to a long-term care facility. This was a really tough decision, especially knowing that it was very unlikely she would ever return home. Once she moved to the facility, my parents tried to counteract some of its sterility by bringing some creature comforts from home. Some framed family photos, a vase or two of fresh flowers, you know the type of stuff but also an armchair and a little side table where her boyfriend could spend his days sitting by her side. 
Over the next couple of months, there were many visits to her in the home. Her boyfriend was there every single day, along with my dad. Others rotated through. Even my cousin, who lives abroad, got the chance to visit while she was in town. You may remember this cousin. Remember when Grandma couldn't go to my cousin's wedding and said it was because her fiancé was Muslim even though he wasn't? That cousin. When she visited, my grandmother pulled her close and quietly said to her, I forgive you for marrying that man. He really just looks a bit tanned. Though I'm sure she felt like responding with some kind of witty response, my cousin took the apology and moved on. This was certainly not the time to be trying to correct Grandma. When I heard about this comment, I thought that perhaps she wasn't as far gone as she seemed. I mean, that was pretty classic Grandma. As if my cousin felt she needed forgiveness for her choice of a husband. As if he was just a bit tanned. She was so savage. And this was perhaps going to be the last glimmer of it. Welcome to From Grandma with Shade, a podcast where I pay tribute to my outrageous and often problematic grandmother by sharing first and secondhand stories about her life. Although she would have loved the idea of a podcast about her, once I explained to her what a podcast was, she probably would not have really appreciated the stories that I've chosen to share with you. The stories are real, though they have been embellished over time in the way that happens when a story is told many times over many, many years. In early October of 2019, in those heady, just pre-pandemic days, there we were, gathered around my grandmother's bed in the sterile room of a long-term care home. Her boyfriend was sitting in his armchair, holding her hand when I arrived. As I leaned down and kissed her on the forehead, my grandmother briefly opened her eyes and smiled at me, seeming to recognize me, or doing a damn good job pretending at least. My dad, aunt, and my grandmother's boyfriend's daughter from his prior marriage were also there. It was pretty clear that everyone knew how this day was going to go. This was the same group of people we'd often gather with for special occasions and family dinners. Always for the most festive of reasons. But today was clearly different. A nurse came in. She was so calm and lovely. A probably 60-something black woman with white hair pulled up off her face and bright pink scrubs. She greeted my grandmother with a huge smile and my grandmother smiled back at her. As the nurse checked on my grandmother, she told us how she was her absolute favorite patient. She told us about how my grandmother was so sweet to all the staff in the facility and that while she cared for all of her patients, she would stay late and spend extra time with my grandmother just talking. 
My dad, my aunt, and I all exchanged an intrigued glance. Was it really possible that Grandma had been so changed by her health issues that she'd formed such a close bond with this lovely black nurse? Was the nurse just being nice? Oh, I hope Grandma hadn't bent her ear too much about Big Mama's house. Or asked her if she knew Marshall Lawrence. Oh, God, perhaps my grandmother had thought the nurse was just a bit tanned as well, and had told her so. Oh, God, I really hope she hadn't said that to the nurse. Grandma's boyfriend had not moved, even for a moment from his spot on her right side. The rest of us swapped spots occasionally, taking turns sitting in the chair on the left of her bed and talking to her. These started out as sweet, thoughtful little interludes, telling her you love her and that you're there with her. After a couple of turns, though, the occasional joke would emerge. You know, like me leaning in and whispering, loud enough for everyone to hear, Look at this, your hand is so skinny. I think you might finally be at your gull weight. This went on for a couple of hours. At one point, when my grandma's boyfriend and his daughter stepped out briefly, my dad was standing at her bedside, and Grandma looked at him and said, Take care of Rags, their dog, and her boyfriend. A very clear expression of her priorities. In this brief moment of lucidity, she didn't have any kind thoughts to share with him about all of his sacrifices over these past few years caring for her. I suppose she felt that both her dog and her boyfriend would need additional care once she was no longer able to provide it for them. But was my dad chopped liver? A cute dog, mind you. But still, he'd been taking care of her every need for years. And still he was less important than the dog? As anticipated, Grandma was crushing it with the final words to people. I never got any, though. No best wishes for a dog instead of me like my dad got. Or even one of her non-apology apologies like my cousin got. As Grandma was now resting peacefully again, my dad and I stepped out for a few minutes to grab some food. When we got back to the room, we each went over and checked in on her. Holding her hand and kissing her on the forehead, as had become my custom with her in these later years. Grandma's eyes were closed, and she was taking these short, little, gasping breaths. After a few minutes, her favorite nurse returned. We let her know that my grandmother had been having these infrequent, shallow breaths. She went over to my grandmother, looked at her many monitors, looked at us, and informed us that my grandmother was now, in fact, dead. With that, she closed my grandmother's eyes, grabbed her hand, and began to say a prayer over her. She then looked at us and so softly said, She's looking down on you from a better place now. To which my dad so quickly replied, More like looking up at us.
from a much warmer place. Not being able to resist the opportunity, I added, though she did always like to look down on us, and I'm sure she still is, even from down there. My dad, my aunt, and I tried very hard to contain our laughter to be respectful, but that was impossible. We kept it to a pretty light chortle, though. Not that there is really a respectful amount of laughter when someone has just died in front of you mere moments earlier, but if there was, this totally would have been it. Thankfully, Grandma's boyfriend's hearing challenges prevented him from hearing these rather dark, okay, very dark, but well-timed jokes. The nurse, however, she looked horrified. Like she might fall on her knees and call out to the Lord at any moment. She took her leave from the room. Apparently she needed to go get others, including the doctor. Though she likely also just wanted to get away from us. After a couple of hours of helping to make arrangements and pack up some of Grandma's stuff, I headed home. I hopped into an Uber. A real one, though. Not that free geriatric one that, alas, I would never take again. I had just started seeing a new guy, and he was coming by to hang out and make sure I was okay. The truth is, I wasn't sure how I felt. In so many ways, I'd already said goodbye to my grandma slowly over these last few years as her health declined, and even more so as her personality and her signature sharpness softened. Because of this, I kind of felt a bit neutral about it. A bit shocked, because it's very real to see someone die right in front of you, but otherwise, neutral. As I arrived home and got out of my Uber, I looked down and said, I love you, Grandma. Not looking up to heaven, oh no. Looking appropriately downward. And in the most loving, genuine, and earnest possible way, added, See you in hell. Though my grandmother had just died, about a week later I found myself once again in the car with her. Well, her ashes. But this was by far the safest I'd ever felt in the car with her. My mom was driving and my dad was in the passenger seat. We were headed to my aunt's house the scene of so many of the stories I've shared with you over these last nine episodes. As we drove out, we shared stories of Grandma, recounting some of her classic phrases, some that you're already familiar with, like, What you're looking for is a rich old man with a weak heart and one foot on a banana peel. Or, How often do you use your brakes anyways? and some that'll be new to you, like, Well, isn't that the pork chop calling the hot dog fat? Or how if she ever heard someone say, Great minds think alike, she'd reflexively add, And small ones seldom differ. Then she'd have a good chuckle to herself, and by herself, as it was rare anyone other than her found this amusing at all. We also had a few exchanges during the drive about a phrase my dad was using. He kept saying that we were going to dump grandma, or that we were going to dump her ashes. I encouraged him to consider some alternate terminology here, perhaps scatter 
spread or sprinkle could work. He seemed to prefer his phrasing, though. We got to my aunt and uncle's. Grandma's boyfriend and his daughter were already there, as was one of my cousins. After some light lunch, we headed outside and gathered at the base of a large tree on their property. As we did, my dad yelled out, Okay, everyone, let's go dump Grandma! Tagging along behind him, I loudly said, I think you meant to say spread. Oh yeah? You'd rather I said, Okay, everyone, let's go spread Grandma! My dad quickly shot back. Not picking up what he was putting down, I responded, Yes, yes I would. As we gathered and each took turns scattering some of Grandma's remains at the base of the tree, my aunt noted that this was also where they had scattered Grandma's cherished Melina, but that we were scattering Grandma's ashes very far away from my grandfather's ashes, which had also been scattered on the property. Then an idea occurred to her. Just to torment them both in the great beyond, she took a scoop of Grandma and sprinkled them in his spot. When someone asked if we should say a prayer, I responded that Grandma wasn't very religious, so perhaps a moment of silence may be more appropriate. My cousin quite rightly reminded me that Grandma had been a nun, so clearly she was at least a bit religious, to which I quickly reminded her of my running theory on the matter. I had long said that Grandma was a nun only because she was infiltrating the church on behalf of the devil. This was the only reasonable explanation for her time as a nun that also squared with her personality. Just then, my dad informed me it was my turn with the ashes by leaning in very close and whispering in my ear, It's your turn to spread, Grandma. Oh, yikes. There it was. I heard it now. Flash forward two years, almost to the day, and Grandma's boyfriend passes, having never been quite the same after my grandmother's death. They had been such a huge part of each other's lives for 30 years. He was rudderless without her. The two of them may not have had some traditional fairy tale love affair, never lived together or got married, but the love they had for each other was so palpable. They complimented each other so well. She was very talkative, often just spewing total nonsense. He, on the other hand, spoke rarely, but when he did, it was usually thoughtful and insightful. She was always there with a witty barb, and he was always there with a supportive word. She would get very worked up with road rage and speed aggressively. He was cool as a cucumber and drove very slowly. It was the way he looked at her, though. That was the thing that I loved the most. My grandmother would be carrying on at a family event, being outrageous. And I would find him in the room, and he'd always be sitting in a chair nearby, just looking lovingly at my grandmother. It was clear that he absolutely adored her. This is truly a cautionary tale about the perils of choosing to not hear what's going on around you. 
He was certainly far too nice to be with the version of her that I heard all the time. Well, when he passed, we were all devastated. It was the thick of COVID and my parents weren't able to attend the memorial service for him. His daughter, my aunt, uncle, and cousin were there, though. I attended with my boyfriend. Remember the guy I'd met just before my grandmother passed? Well, things had gotten serious. Over these past two years of lockdowns, mandates, and masks, we'd fallen in love and were now cohabitating. I got up to give a speech. A speech to honor the man who'd been such an amazing grandfather to me. Even if he was technically my grandma's boyfriend. As I stepped up to the podium, I took some deep breaths, steadying myself and reminding myself not to cry. That was when I turned towards my boyfriend. And there he was, giving me that same look I'd seen all those years on Grandma's boyfriend's face. In that moment, I truly understood how safe and seen my grandmother must have felt all of those years. Much unlike when we spread Grandma, the tone of this memorial was far less sarcastic. There didn't seem to be any mixed feelings at all. People were just sad, including me. Despite my reminders to myself not to cry, I made it only a couple of lines into my speech before I had to take a break to break down. This actually happened a couple of times during the speech. Each time I looked to the faces of my family and my boyfriend and pulled myself back together to continue. When I got back to my seat, my boyfriend gave my hand a squeeze and smiled at me. He was wearing a mask, but I could tell by his eyes that he was smiling. After the service, people came up one by one to share their condolences, a cute story or two about him, and to let me know that the words I had shared and the way I'd done so was so moving. My boyfriend hung back during this part, but once this parade of mourners ended, we said goodbye to my family and headed toward the car. We took off our masks as we got in the car, closed the doors and sat in silence for a moment. Then he turned to me, looked me in the eyes with this seemingly sweet expression on his face and said, Oh my God, you cried like a little bitch. I burst out in laughter. In fact, I laughed most of the way home. That was exactly what I needed in that moment, to get out of my feelings and stop taking myself and the situation so seriously. I had finally found someone who shared that same love for well-timed, playful, dark humor, even in the most seemingly inappropriate moments. On the ride home, my mind wandered to my grandmother. If she could see me at this moment, I thought, she'd be happy that I'd found someone that fit me so well. Though I'm sure she would still have some cruelly constructed criticism to offer. Even from beyond the grave. God, I love and miss that woman. Though I do often see her influence in the things I do and say. 
I like to think that many of her most savagely funny qualities carry on in me. I guess great minds do think alike. And small ones seldom differ. Thank you for joining me for this season of From Grandma with Shade. My grandmother was a fascinating, challenging, and complicated person. There were moments in this season where she was a cruel bully, and moments where she was cool and supportive. And I'm sure you felt a whole range of things about her as you've listened. My feelings about my grandmother used to be quite conflicted, but now I'll let these stories, recorded in this podcast, be how I remember her. Choosing to focus on the sharp way she strung together her scathing critiques, instead of the critiques themselves. I think my grandmother would have really loved this podcast, or pretended to object to it for the attention. It's impossible to know for sure. I can imagine her saying, How dare you tell these stories about me? I can't believe you would do this to me! But are people listening? Regardless of how she'd have felt, I hope you enjoyed the tall tales of the old short woman that I called... Grandma. Grandma.